you're listening to the Muslims Down Under podcast. In this podcast, we reflect on topics related to Islam and Muslims, those that are often ignored or misinterpreted. Open your mind to understand what unites us and become mates with Muslims. Experience discrimination, contemporary and Welcome back to our podcast. This is your host and assistant editor at Muslims Down Under, Sana. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by one of our other assistant editors, Saba, who is joining me also from Adelaide, although she's not normally here. Thank you for joining us and peace be upon you. Thank you for having me and peace be upon our listeners. So today, the topic that we're going to be talking about is something of definite interest for our youth and also for parents. And the topic of conversation is going to be about love and what society often thinks love is. And we're going to try and delve into the depths of love and understand what it truly means and try to bring about open conversation so we can make our own judgments as to why there is a difference between the way that love is perceived and how society thinks love should be expressed um, and what true love really in fact means. Yeah, I think this is going to be a very interesting topic of discussion. And I think generally when we talk about what love is, we do tend to focus on this understanding of love, which I think we've derived from popular culture, right? Um, what we see around us and popular culture has made falling in love or being in love this kind of be all and end all of our existence. It's this all consuming, what it is just cannot be explained. And generally, the idea that there might be a different meaning to love is not necessarily well perceived It's not even something I think that's really discussed because what popular culture is, is what prevails. And so we don't really have a discussion of what the alternative might be. Absolutely. And again, if we take a general observation and we look at mainstream media, cultures and the society that we live in, Everything is largely dependent on material pursuits. You know, we're in pursuit for better, a newer, a newer car, a better job, a bigger house. And in the same manner, materialistic or superficial constructs also exist when it comes to finding our partners and, or, you know, the, the colloquial term often used, finding our one true love. That's exactly right. And in today's world, we can't deny that these feelings exist, you know, especially for our youth, because you're kind of, you know, as a young child, you're heavily challenged and influenced by what you see in movies, in social media, what you see around you, what other people tell you, what your friends are doing. Often it is never something from within. You're developing an idea of how the world is based on your perception of other people and the other people that are around you, right? You know, and contrary to what we've all grown up to believe and understand is that love is not this all-consuming obsessive type feeling, not, you know, not all the time. And 
even if we just look to things like Disney movies, and I'm sure a lot of us have grown up watching Disney movies, but love is always shown as this fairy tale, magical, amazing, butterflies in your stomach, you know, something that you can't even comprehend. You know, that's how amazing this this love is. And we've realized, you know, as we grow up that this isn't love and it's not necessarily what you associate with, you know, love today. And I think as you grow up and this is what you watch and this is what you you understand, you tend to associate that with, you know, how love is supposed to be and what you're supposed to get in the real world. So if you don't have those feelings or you don't meet someone where it's this kind of all-consuming obsession, oh, then it's not the right thing and, you know, there's no love and it's not something that you work on. And look, it is easy to become confused because even world-renowned poets have fallen victim to misinterpretations of their work and their work, of course, you know, particularly that encompasses love. We can even just look to the works of Rumi and I think you know, a lot of our listeners will know who Rumi is, but, you know, arguably he's one of the most famously quoted poets in the world on the topic of love. And even his work often falls prey to mere imaginative imaginative interpretations of carnal love. And it's often by translators who have absolutely no understanding of the Persian language, which of course all of Rumi's poems were in Persian. And so having an understanding of that language is of course paramount to being able to translate this work as it should be translated. And so now we have these poems that are far from the depth of Rumi's original work. They've separated the poet from his own words. And these days, the concept of love that we're exposed to is largely superficial. And because being in love is dependent on all these materialistic all-consuming feelings or things, it is often this kind of love that results in relationships that aren't long-lasting. And and these are those types of relationships which often lead to heartache and other societal issues which we commonly associate with love that didn't work out. I do feel great sadness when we see the depth of someone's work like Rumi that's fallen prey to such misinterpretations where love is now based on these shallow sentiments. External attractiveness fades with time. Success is unpredictable and aging is inevitable. And when this idea of love, this idea of ideal love disappears, this is when we see people often falling into heartache and depression. We're trying to achieve this unreachable ideal, this unreachable uh, end point where we feel that, you know, in order to be content and happy in life, we must have the perfect partner. We must feel this what society perceives as this true love and in trying to strive for that and reach for that we've completely lost the understanding of what true love and true happiness really means and we've developed these egocentric ego-based relationships founded on superficial and temporary qualities and this is we're exerting a lot of uh, a pressure to be perfect and to find perfect partners when in reality no one's perfect and and then and this is what's causing so many of our relationships to fall apart and that is so important to understand you know even if we look to modern psychology um the whole notion leads us to uh, to the realization that true love is much more than what society leads us to believe it is rather it explains that love is something that is built, it's um, nurtured, it's established through effort and pure intentions. Otherwise, 
anyone can claim to fall in love without them having this reason to actually make an effort to prove it and put in an effort to sustain it. Alfred Adler, who is a world-renowned psychologist, explained that love as uh, explained love as a task that can be achieved by any two people. And he says that this is possible when we approach the task of the relationship as something that p- can be achieved by a collective us, rather than something that I or an individual has to do. And in this way, you're always thinking of both individuals in a relationship and you're not just consumed with yourself and every decision or action that you make is not just about what will benefit you, but what is for the benefit of the collective. And when you're always making sure that you are just, uh, you're fair, you're kind, and you're respectful towards the other person, then of course, you know, it seems complete common sense that this is what's going to make a relationship work. It's how relationships will progress and it's how you kind of end up creating this pure, meaningful bond between two people. Every individual has the capacity to love. It is an innate potential, which, um, you know, we all have, and it's something that can be consciously developed and worked on. Yes. Islam teaches that true love is learned developed and it's nurtured and feelings of genuine love in if we're if we take this approach those feelings of genuine love are then hence providing that sense of security that as humans we're looking for and it's deeply rooted within that sense of belonging and this form of love just stands firm you know it stands firm upon a foundation where the ultimate feeling the ultimate purpose of this feeling is to promote each other's progress to in order to sustain each other's growth and you know this consequently leads to nurturing each other nurturing the good characteristics within each other yeah and there's something very beautiful in that and if we just look to you know the natural laws of nature it is a natural law of nature that when people reach an age of maturity they do think of forming relationships and islam is based on the laws of nature because it teaches practical ways to actually establish meaningful relationships and experience true love and i think that's very important um at that time and there are narrations uh, that those who marry actually fulfill half of their faith just by getting married, that, you know, there's that much of a focus um, and importance placed on marriage in Islam. And when it comes to things like choosing the right spouse, of course, you know, for some it may feel like an act of luck um, to marry. And, you know, in our circular emancipated society, that's often the case. But, you know, within Islam, we've actually been blessed with ultimate guidance when it comes to something like this by the prophet of Islam. And he has said that, you know, a woman is married for four things, her wealth, her family, status, her beauty and her religion. And so you should marry the religious woman. Otherwise, you will be the losers. And he also says for men that if there comes to you one with whose religion and character you are pleased, then give your daughter to him in marriage. And I'll, you know, hand it over to you to actually explain a little bit about what these narrations mean. So these narrations ultimately describe the that the physical and superficial things that we're pursuing in relationships fade away with time and therefore that makes them meaningless. At such a point, it's the beauty of real love that we find in, in one another that keeps our relationship strong. And this can only come about when we're looking at righteousness and the level of righteousness uh, in our spouses when we go to make that decision about who we're going to spend the rest of our life with. And we need to be making those de- those decisions based on a person's moral and spiritual characteristics. You know, things like wealth, property, status, and even health, those, they're transient and they're out of our control. One day we might be excelling in health or, you know, we're doing great financially. 
the next, you might lose it all. And so when we're choosing our life partners, their moral and spiritual characteristics are what we end up loving in that person. And it's based on these qualities that form this a, a solid, meaningful foundation, which then you know, helps though that love to be grounded and not temporary. And and I think that this is something that is very important for parents to educate their children on from a young age that love is not that fairy tale idea of what love is. Yeah, and so a true form of love when enacted through proper ways should lead to clear uh, to a clear and harmonious you know, peaceful family structure. All of this and these, this peacefulness and this harmony is what then leads to the protection of your morals and prevents this degradation of society. The Quran actually explains that a man and a wife should become a garment for one another. So according to Islam, the best garment is that of righteousness. So when we focus on treating each other with justice based on piety, well then love is of course automatically developed as a byproduct. And this is what God declares to be a sign of his existence, meaning that a healthy relationship should enable you to grow spiritually and you should feel contentment and satisfaction rather than frustration. Yeah, so this is the idea, you know, this is the concept of love that we wish to be the norm. You know, true love is something which allows you to be at peace with not only yourself, but with God also. And that's why God has said to us that true love is what leads to peace of mind and heart. Whereas superficial love or vain desires are the opposite of that. They make us unhappy and they keep us unsatisfied. And we're always just on the chase from from one thing that keeps us happy. And then you get tired of that and you move on to the next and the next and the next. And, and this involves relationships as well. And, you know, it we just it takes over your whole self and it and it just we just never can bring about inner peace or happiness from chasing after things like that. Um, true contentment is, uh, you know, is reached when we understand that the epicenter of our love and happiness is our relationship with God. And so we need to remove ourselves from the center of attention and and instead focus on on how to become self-reliant how do we grow how do we learn how do we nurture how do we self-reflect to improve our own shortcomings in order to become self-reliant in other terms this whole self-reliance is spoken about these days very often it's it's you know it's a big um, theme throughout social media self-love however this self-reliance that we're talking about transcends that feeling of self-love and it's not passive you know it's transcends that passive egocentric arrogant infatuation that stems a lot from this idea of self-love when we focus on becoming the best version of ourselves though for the sake of god we eventually free ourselves from societal expectations of love and we begin to experience a true form of happiness that that generates from you know deliberate intentions and practices just like any other pursuit for human excellence and you know look I think that's all we have time for today. And I think there's a lot that's discussed there and there's a lot of things that need to be understood and there are things that can be really confusing. So if you do have any questions about today's podcast or any of the previous ones you've heard as well, please don't hesitate to ask because we would love 
to be able to have these open discussions with you so we can continue to learn and you can continue to learn. Um, it's something where we all grow uh, from each other's experiences. And uh, if you want to ask these questions, just head to the website, which is www.muslimsdownunder.com. We're also active across many social media platforms like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, at MuslimsDWNunder. So you can connect with us over there as well. And we also have a Telegram channel where you can subscribe and keep up to date with what's going on with the website, any new articles or editorials or blog posts that have been published. Um, and it's also a great place where you can just have discussion as well. So you can pop your question in there. We monitor that quite frequently and we'll definitely get back to you with a response. Um, so like I said, that's, you know, all we've got for today. But if you do, um, you know, have any questions, let us know. Or if you do have any suggestions for topics in the future, let us know as well. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode and we also hope that you'll join us on the next episode of the Muslims Down Under podcast. Peace be upon you all.